Um, but during the course of the time, the why really is the fact that I saw that there was a gap between what students of color were not getting in the classroom for support and what they were not getting outside the classroom for support. And that's when at the time, Ink Tutoring was born. Now we're Ink Education, but Ink Tutoring was born to address the fact that we needed to find a solution and pathway to um, address how can we get students of color to achieve high levels of academic success. And so we built a solution around um, having a consultation, being able to build solid relationships with parents and students deep, really deep. And then from there, we include different stakeholders in our process. So your parents, teachers, counselors, students, and our team to make sure that everybody's on one page academically and pedagogically. We mentor the students and provide back and support. Utilizing that approach, we then started to get a 95% success rate of our students of color getting A's and B's in over 50 subjects um, throughout the company um, nationwide. So let me talk to you guys really quickly before the episode begins. If you are growing a brand, if you are owning a business, running a business, if you are anywhere in the entrepreneurial space, you understand that the future is online. The big problem that a lot of brand owners, a lot of business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of healthcare entrepreneurs are finding is that they have to be able to figure out a lot of their marketing, right? The sales process, they have to be able to figure out um, their SEO stuff. They have to be able to figure out a ton of stuff when it comes to online marketing, and they may not have the bandwidth nor the resources to do that. So why am I telling you guys about this today? On January 16th, 2021, it's a Saturday. We um, are holding a masterclass. Carl and myself are holding a masterclass about online marketing. Now, here's the kicker. We currently run a digital, digital agency um, firm and we've you know seen a lot of success, but we understand that a lot of our clients had to pay top dollar. A lot of people have to pay the top dollar to be able to get a lot of these services and it may not be available for everybody. So what we decided to do is we put together this masterclass where we're literally going to give everything. This is not that 10%. This is not 20% of the information that you need. We're giving you 100% of information, whether it comes to Facebook ads, Google ads, SEO, funnels, sales, being able to make sure that your stuff doesn't get banned, being able to make sure like, you know, going through how did things get viral? How did things catch on? We're going to give you all the secrets for the low price. Get this for the low price of only $297. That's it. Only $297 at the time of this episode. So just because I mentioned that price, even though I know it's going to go up later, but if you are listening to this right now, you can go onto the website and sign up, right? So the website is otcupodcast.com backslash OMS, right? otcupodcast.com backslash OMS. Or you can click the link down in the show notes below, or you can uh, message us on Instagram to get the link, or you can text us. You can text us at 321-384-6275. That is 321-384-6275. Text the letters OMS and we'll make sure we get you the link. Listen, you do not want to miss this. This is going to be the event of January. This is going to be the ticket to, you know, your online marketing lessons that you need when you start the new year. Don't let now be the time where you let your business start to falter because you're not catching up with everybody else. The future is online and so are you. Text us at 321-384-6275. We'll send you the link. Get signed up today. We have a limited amount of seats. When I say limited, I mean 
limited. Once they're filled, they are filled. So get signed up. We'll see you in there soon. We are not telling you to quit your job. Here at Out the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast, we are teaching you exactly how to gain your freedom as a healthcare professional in places that school never taught you. This is OTC University, and class is in session. Welcome to another edition of Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneur Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Mr. Carl Bourne Jr., and I'm joined by my main man, Mr. Paulo Ching. Paul, say what's up to the people. Yo, what up, y'all? Um, not for real. How how you guys doing? Hopefully you guys are staying safe. And um for those of you that it applies to, you're staying black. So I'm glad to be here. Facts. Black is beautiful. Now, y'all know we love to bring you special guests this week is no exception man we got a powerhouse in the building i'm really looking forward to this interview um we have the ceo of inc education which is the number one african-american owned private education company in the southern u.s serving students of all ages in stem and beyond also the ceo of the jville brand consulting brand founder of black tutors of social media which has been featured in forbes nbc and other platforms we have Mr. Jay Ville in the building. Jay, thank you so much for joining us, man. How are you feeling? Man, yo, what's going on, y'all? I appreciate y'all bringing me on board. Uh, it's been a quite quite an interesting ride coming from uh, Dallas to Atlanta. So uh, out here just trying to make things happen and, and spread the wings uh, in education for these students uh, of color out here. So uh, feeling pretty good, man. Just trying to make things make things happen, you know, and and push the, push the movement forward. So I appreciate you guys for bringing me on. Of course, of course, man. Love what you're doing. So, Jay, you know, we, we know you're a busy man. We like to be respectful of our guest time. So we're just going to dive right into it, man. Mm-hmm. You are a jack of all trades. You got a lot of stuff going on, my friend. But <laughs> what I, what I want to start with is why. I think it's always good to start with why. So tell us, why is it that you chose to get into the field of academia? Yeah, so um, my original background, for those that uh, may or may not know, uh, was originally in IT and tech. Um, I spent some time uh, at Microsoft Corporation uh, as an account, as a technical account manager, and, and also uh, in operations. And then uh, spent some time even in in the telecommunications field, banking. I mean, a whole bunch of other industries. I was also in healthcare IT, um, doing um, different kinds of revenue generation type of you know activities uh, and databases in the tech industry for healthcare. So uh, that was another interesting scenario back then. But over a course of time of me being in the tech field, um, I thought I was going to be a CIO of a Fortune 100 company at the end of the day. And um, I kept getting these emails saying, hey, you know, you should go into the education space and uh, come to be an alternatively certified educator. And I was like, hmm, that was not in my plan. At least I didn't think it was in my plan, but clearly God was like, fam, I don't care what you thought you was going to do, but what you're going to do is, is be in education. So um, after getting that email three times in three weeks, um, I decided that maybe it's something that uh, I'm supposed to be doing, you know, per what God told me to do. And so I made the transition from 
tech to education and started teaching um, at my alma mater, where it's where the high school I graduated from. Um, I initially was uh, pretty young in high school. I was a freshman and I had just turned 12 years old. And then I graduated when I had just turned 16. So um, I went back to go teach a very unique class called Fast Track Mathematics. And it was teaching freshmen three years of pre-AP math in one year. So if you could imagine uh, learning the whole year of pre-AP geometry in one academic calendar year. And at the same time, you learn Algebra 2 and uh, the, the whole year of Algebra 2 in the first semester. Then second semester, you uh, learn the whole year of pre-calculus. Second semester, so freshman year, you get three full credits of math. Then sophomore year, you take AP calculus and you're done. I taught that class and uh, my, all my kids got 100% perfect scores on the state exam my first year of teaching. So at that point, I knew that I must have a gift uh, for what I was doing. And so I moved on. Uh, I taught three and a half more years after that. I did algebra one, uh, algebra two, math models, pre-calculus, AP calculus, AV, BC, all of that in that four and a, three and a half year time frame after the fact. And then when I was done teaching, I got promoted to become an instructional coach, uh, math instructional coach, teaching teachers for a couple of years. Then I became an adjunct professor of mathematics at a university as well. Um, all as a millennial. So I did all this kind of, kind of, kind of early, if you will. Um, but during the course of the time, the why really is the fact that I saw that there was a gap between what students of color were not getting in the classroom for support and what they were not getting outside the classroom for support. And that's when, at the time, Inc. Tutoring was born. Now we're Inc. Education, but Inc. Tutoring was born to address the fact that we needed to find a solution and pathway to um, address how can we get students of color to achieve high levels of academic success. And so we built a solution around um, having a consultation, being able to build solid relationships with parents and students, deep, really deep. And then from there, we include different stakeholders in our process. So your parents, teachers, counselors, students, and our team to make sure that everybody's on one page academically and pedagogically. We mentor the students and provide back and support. Utilizing that approach, we then started to get a 95% success rate of our students of color getting A's and B's in over 50 subjects um, throughout the company um, nationwide. And so we took that and kind of ran with it. And, uh, you know, to make a long story short, I started knocking door to door, started the journey in 2015, middle of 2015. It was me by myself um, over a course of time. We're now 105 people deep nationwide in five cities, um, Dallas, Fort Worth, Chicago, DC, Austin, and Atlanta. Um, we, uh, like you said before, we're now the top uh, black owned tutoring company in the Southern United States. And now recently named by Business Insider, uh, the top online tutoring company for students of color in the whole United States now. Um, we've, you know, earned 12 awards to our name and uh, we just want to keep it pushing, man, and just make these things happen. We've, we've worked with over 10,000 students. So it's, it's, it's uh, making, you know, we're, we're, we're making some change. Hey, um, y'all are really doing the thing out there. Dang. My goodness. All right. So here, here's a question, because I know you talked about and what I want to do is I want to ask you something that kind of relates a little bit to business. Right. right. But it deals with um, the trust aspect. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's so many moving pieces um, in your business. Like yeah. you've got parents, you've got counselors, you've got students, you've got teachers, you've got all these people. And you have to be able to put something in a way that all these all these different aspects learn to trust the process, learn to trust um, the promise you're making and they learn to trust like you essentially in the brand. Right. So what were your, what, your, what have your systems been like when you're building that? Because that's such a complicated thing to even think about the fact that you've been able to figure it out is just a testament to like your greatness in and of itself. Right. So what yeah. systems did you put in place to be able to get 
all those moving pieces to be like, okay, here's the focal point and everybody trusts in what's happening. So um, good question. So first off, I, everybody asked one, one important key thing is how do we build our team? Um, our team is very much so consisted of it's millennial based and millennial driven for one. So we're younger to the students of today. Right. And then two, um, we have, our team is about nine, I would say 95%, about 90% um, African-American. And we do have tutors, of course, of all different colors, you know, of course, all different ethnicities and backgrounds. But um, being the fact that we could find a team of tutors who people can relate to and students can relate to who are very accomplished. We're talking about, you know, millennial individuals who may have two or three degrees already. You had a guy who you know, was one of my frat brothers on the team who had two doctorates already. Um, I mean, people come from Harvard, from Cornell, from Duke, UT, Howard, you know, Spelman, you name it, right? So it's really finding a team of people and tutors and, and consultants who are able to uh, relate to the students and are able to say, hey, look, you can do the things that I've done too um, in my pathway, right? So being able to give them an outlet of mentorship and an outlet of, you know, success to look up to outside of their parents and their other community was one important thing to put in place, right? The other thing I say that attributed to this particular um, dynamic is the fact that we had to pre we had to present a buy-in um, into a circle that we were never ever ever a part of, right? So if the teachers are in the classroom doing their thing and we come along like, hey, we're going to work with your student and kind of take them to a new level, it's like we didn't want to approach it as an offensive type of situation. We wanted to be an ally, and so. Um, when you're put into uh, different situations and dynamics and you present yourself to work with instead of working against somebody and you're not overpowering the dynamic that they already have, that is kind of where we, where we landed, right? So our niche was, hey, getting into a situation, making sure that we're a partner, we're an internal partner to make sure that that student gets what they need to get to. We take our process that we utilize to get the students ahead we mobilize them all the way through. We mentor those students and then we provide them support after the tutoring and the, 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 the mentoring is complete. So really they have no way out, but to be successful and to get A's and B's in their content. So with that being said, we had to then put other systems in place like systems for operations, systems for, um, systems for uh, tracking the different kinds of uh, all the sessions, right? Tracking all the parents and the clientele and the revenue and this and that. And it was really a big undertaking um, at the time as, as one individual person. And once I got, got a chance to bring on certain people on the team that were able to help me and I was able to trust them right? Um, bringing other people in your company when you are an entrepreneur, it's very hard to be hands off when you've been all in the whole time, right? And so when you have more people that you can trust to take over parts of your business that you used to baby all the time, and now you can't do that anymore because you have to actually move from being a, uh, a worker to an actual CEO and founder, your mentality has to change in terms of how your support needs to be driven within your organization. And that's how we went from, you know, $0 to an over half a million dollar company. And at this point we should be a million dollar company within the next 10 months. So it's been taking, um, it's a, it's a big undertaking, but you have to be very careful um, with, 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 with the process and trust the process for sure. Jay, with that being said, you know, I, I think it's very important for 
entrepreneurs that are listening and even even you know the students that we have listening you, right. you mentioned you know the systems and making sure that you have those in place and i right. think it's very important to be able to you know discuss that because so many people try to build a brand and try to build a business but essentially they never stop to think about the systems that they need to put in place in order to have that success so right. For you, I kind of want to know, just from a standpoint of someone who's been able to create everything that you've created so far, you know, I'm sure there's a lot more, you know, you, you, you probably feel like you're just getting started, you know, yeah. <laughs> how, how essentially, like when you, when you take a step back and you look at the systems and everything that you have in place, yeah. you being a CEO, you being a leader, how do you mold yourself to be able to manage the different personalities and the different uh, employees that you have in order to make sure that the systems that are in place are running efficiently? So that's a good, that's a really good question. Um, it's a challenge every day. Like, you know, there's days you feel like you're on top and you have things together and other days you'd be like, what am I doing? And what are my people doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I think that um, you have to go from building a team of people who are, um, you know, working to a team of doers, right? So right now we have, you know, 100, 105 people on the team and I had to, we had to build up different types of management, management situations, right? Like how do we build regional managers? How do we build associate and assistant regional managers? How do we get a marketing marketing manager? We need somebody that's a CFO. How do we get somebody who knows the CPA stuff, right? The accounting situation. How do we bring on people who are, you know, sales managers? How do we bring on people who are maybe media, you know, media people? Like right? all this stuff has to come, and we figure we're figuring it out figuring it out as we go. It's like, what do we need? Okay, cool. We need to instantiate this, right? We need, we need this. We need to instantiate that. So as we go along and we're able to trust the process on who is the pro at what they do, that is how you align yourself to get the right people on the bus that goes the right direction and everybody is going at the same pace, right? Um, so being able to take a being able to take a team like that and be able to envelope different management styles and even different personalities um, is a task in itself, right? There are times that we have made the wrong hire. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to sit here and be like the whole thing was, man, we, every time we got the right person, every time we hired the right person, things went perfect and boom, here it is. Right. Nah. So um, we hired some people that, that were good. There were great people they just didn't work out for the journey that we're trying to go on. Right. And so at the same time, there's people that, you know, that, that are phenomenal at things that you're not phenomenal in. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm an ad junkie or I understand marketing and sales to the point where I'm the best. One. If I'm the one that, if I'm really running the company and I, I, I do that well, then I'm going to hire somebody else to do other pieces of the company that I'm not, I'm not the pro on, right? We all have to come together. Almost like for those of the old school out there that they remember that the, uh, the, the cartoon Voltron, right? So Voltron was a character that, or even, even uh, Power Rangers, right? Between Power Rangers and Voltron, each individual piece of that, that unit 
different machines came together to make Voltron. Different people came together to make Power Rangers, right? So when you have a situation like that, everybody brings together their pieces and, you know, their expertises together. And you make one big machine that's able to push out multiple different outputs of what's supposed to be out there in the whole world. So that's kind of how, you know, I've been able to manage uh, different people, personalities and teams. The other side of that question, where as a CEO, right, as a person at the top, head honcho, like mm-hmm. how has your thinking had to change? And then maybe what are things you, you're just constantly kind of going through now um, versus like, you know, from the door-to-door game to like, all right, there's a whole network of things that have to go on, right? So what are things that you have to think about now you transition to that position um, that is different from like what, what it was like at the beginning? Um, I think now you have to really establish a regiment. I will be the first one to say, even on this podcast, that I am not the best person. I am not the best example of self-care. <laughs> I wish I was, but I'm just not, right? Like, I don't ever find that really great piece of time to where I can say, hey, this is the time I'm going to spend to myself or meditate or do this, this, and that, right? So I have to do better at doing that um, as a CEO because there's so many things that I have to do. And not only, like, you know, not only being CEO of this organization, but like you said earlier, I, you know, I have the JVL brand, which is credit education and business consulting. I got, you know, um, you know, the Black Tour, the social media that, you know, just launched. I got, you know, I'm a chief education officer of a BD education company. I have a lot going on. Um, on top of all this and then of course having to speak sometimes and things of that nature so being able to wear these I think the process of wearing different hats has become a skill set that you have to have as a CEO right you know when in the beginning when you were wearing all of the hats (laughs) right because before you get a chance to hire people now it's like okay I have to look at everything from a 30,000 foot view and I have to put my head on or my approvals on what needs to happen in different uh, facets of the organization from a day to day or week to week scenario. Right. And I have to, I have to lay my hands on certain things. You have to think um, very fast, right? Because your day could be going well. And all of a sudden you get a call from your manager, just like, Hey, there's a situation with one of the clients, you know, maybe they, didn't necessarily pay something like they're supposed to pay or maybe there was a situation where they had an issue with a consultant and now you gotta you gotta put out a fire maybe there's a situation where you know there's something else going on in the org that you may not see because at the top level you don't see everything up front because you have other people that are on the ground floor and now you're coming into the middle of something you had no idea about you just got to solve a problem so you know in the words of uh now, man, Gary V, man, you're, you you be as a CEO, you become a fire, somebody that puts out fires, and that's exactly what you know you have to look at as being a CEO. So, going from knocking door to door to seeing the fire, now you're looking at putting out the fire and trying to figure out how you're going to make the fire stay out, uh, and then be able to multitask and do different things. So, um, like I said, it's 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 a challenge, but it's something that's always worth the wait um, as you put your patience to it. So Jay, you know, just sitting here, just sitting here talking to you and, and listening to a lot of the things that you're saying, man. I mean, you talk like a CEO, you know, <laughs> like I, I think it's very evident that CEOs just talk different. They think different. They walk different. Like mm-hmm. everything is different because mm-hmm. you have to elevate your, your, your level. So a question that I kind of want to ask you just because I think this is something that's very important that a lot of people 
tend to underrate, which is just the, the power of being able to really work on your mindset and really sharpen that. So for you, what would you say have been like the, the most influential things that have allowed you to be able to elevate your mindset? And that could be from a standpoint of books. It could be from a standpoint of seminars, you know, just anything like that. What would you say have, have been the, the catalyst that essentially helps you be able to go from just one way of thinking to CEO mindset? I think some things um, that I've been able to be involved in have been able to give me those particular mindsets. Cause like you said, um, uh, I never, to be honest with you, I never ever had a pathway and was like, Hey, I'm going to be a CEO of a company or I'm going to own a company one day. Or I'm going to do this. Or I'm going to be an entrepreneur. It, that was never on my radar <laughs> period. Right. So I had to develop a skill set fast and figure out how was I going to be able to shift over my mindset from what I was doing right in the school system to being an entrepreneur. Right. And I think one being involved in certain networks has always been one great thing to do. Right. Um, I had always been a part of national society of black engineers back then. Um, that at one point in time I was actually, um, in college, my undergrad, I started out computer engineering and I, then I ended up uh, moving to information systems and I had a minor in mathematics. And then when I got my master's or my master's in education and curriculum instruction mathematics. And so over a course of time, I actually ended up starting a Nesby chapter for region five, um, the lighthouse chapter for Townview science engineering magnet high school in Dallas. Um, so, you know, being a part of that dynamic as I was growing up, um, gave me some some you know different networks right being a part of urban league of young professionals right um, doing that now I'm a part of a, another unit uh, called Forbes the culture which is a, a new division of Forbes right being involved in different things like when I came to Atlanta right now being part of EO Atlanta entrepreneur organization Atlanta um, just being involved in these different organizations and being around people that have similar mindsets and have done things either on the same level as you or greater than you, you can actually talk with these people week to week or day to day or year to year, whatever the case may be, right? When I ended up um, getting 40 under 40 in Dallas uh, a couple years ago, I was able to run myself around that network, right? So being around those kind of people is one great thing. Another thing is that I always tell my people, man, read. <laughs> read right you have to read certain things right like you know one of the books i'll tell you right now one of the books that we have to look at is this right here right scaling up you know how few companies make it and why other people what the other companies don't right you know timothy ferris um timothy ferris's book um uh tribe of mentors right gary vaynerchuk books like i listen to certain people in podcasts and um, YouTube videos, like every, every day, every morning, every day, I'm always listening to Gary Vee or John Henry or, you know, Timothy Ferris or folks that are in marketing, like all these things rotate in my mind 24 seven. So when I'm looking at doing things, I didn't just pop up out here and be like, boom, I became a CEO overnight. I'm always listening to stuff 24 seven. I'm always, you know, trying to figure out, okay, what can I do to do to, um, to make this better being an, being an educator and tutor, man. Um, tutoring takes a very specific skill set. Not everybody understands that 
you can teach something 24 seven and all day, but can you really deliver content to people that in a way that they can understand it by themselves, figure it out, accelerate and teach somebody else. Not everybody has that gift. And to be somebody who's been able to master that in my career um, has been something very unique. Um, there was a point in time, you know, when I was in Dallas, I became, you know, one of the top black, uh, if not if the top black math tutor in the whole city. Um, and in order to do that, I had to master my craft of mathematics. I had to study mathematics 24 seven. I had to do problems all the time. I had to do this, had to do that. And it takes that level of dedication. Um, you know, like I said, there's, uh, I, I'm by far the best person for self, self, uh, self, you know, self care. There's times I didn't eat or sleep for a couple of days. I mean, you have to have that level of determinant dedication uh, to be able to be somewhat successful really in any industry, but especially in this industry now. And people after the pandemic, folks were like, I want to start a tutoring company. But do you really know what it takes to start a tutoring company? Mm, I doubt it. And a lot of people that are coming up now that are pop-up tutoring companies are going to probably fail that rather quickly. They don't know how to set up systems, operations, people, teaming, HR, and all that very fast. You're a boss. You know that? <laughs> I'm just, man, look, I'm just, I'm just trying to make some stuff happen. That's all, man. That's, That's all I was trying to do. All right. So no, I'm genuinely curious. Um, I have two questions. Okay. Mm -hmm. The first is, what would you say are, maybe what's the, let's do this. What, what are the top two things you protect at all costs in your life? By that, I mean like that contribute to the peace you have. Right. Mm -hmm. And then two, you know, if you can kind of give us a general breakdown, what did your day usually look like? Cause I think like with hearing all the things you have going on, I'm pretty sure some listeners are like, all right, how does he have time to do all this stuff? Like, what's up? So like, what's, what's your, what's your daily breakdown? Like, and like, how do you make sure that you're able to protect your peace so that you don't like jump off the edge of a cliff? Um, man, protecting the peace, man, is, um, is, is tough. And mind you, this is not even after all the businesses and things that I'm trying to do, it's not even including personal life. <laughs> I haven't even touched that. Right. So um, I think one thing I have to, I have to protect is, is my mindset and really realize it's not the end of the world all the time, right? If something happens, my mindset is always, did somebody get killed? Did somebody get hurt? Is somebody uh, not able to, you know, have a mental capacity to do something? If one of those three things has not been reached, then it's not the end of the world. Right. If something happened in the organization, in the business, cool. We can fix it somehow. We can talk to the client. We can talk to the team. It can happen. It can get done. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't always have to be done like right, right now, right, right now. It can be done a little bit later. It may take some time for us to put out the fire, but it's not the end of the world if nobody died, didn't die. Right. Um, another thing I always, you know, always say I have to have to protect is the fact that, um, understand the why of what you're doing and at all costs be able to protect that why and every day you get up think about that every day right like i know that there are days that i just be like man i just want to just close up shop on the tutoring company man like i'm done we're on the education company right i'm done but then i'm like man but we've impacted over 10,000 students. And I know there's thousands of students that are waiting on us, especially in the pandemic now, for us to fix their issue academically. And they can't go to nobody else because they, they need somebody that looks like them, 
We need somebody that cares about them. They need somebody that can say, you know what? You know, you want to be an astronaut. Cool. Well, guess what? You know, I'm an aeronautical engineer. Or, hey, I want to be a doctor. Okay, cool. Well, guess what? I'm a vet or a pharmacist. You know, we got on our team, man, we have educators, instructional coaches. We have um, people that are attorneys. We have Barclays, you know, investment bankers. I mean, Goldman Sachs people, pharmacists, doctors, med school students, like the whole nine, right? And these are people that have daily jobs, right? That they go to every day. They tutor after they get off work and on the weekends, and they're able to help out students uh, make things happen for their futures and their journeys. And so uh, you got to protect that why and know, you know, what's why you're doing that. Now, as far as my daily, what does my day look like? Um, email, man, email is a mess, right? Um, get up, really check emails on, on, on Inc. Education, check email on the Jville brand, check email on Black Twitter, the social media, check email on other stuff that I'm doing. Um, you know, uh, be able to figure out what's going on with all clients and all things and all the organizations. And then after that, man, just really monitoring the day. Uh, there's multiple, I could have, a podcast interview. I got, as a matter of fact, I got three podcast interviews this month and a TV interview. So doing that to maybe I might be asked to do, you know, a TED talk. I've done two TED talks, right? Like I might be asked to go do something else. So really the time is split sometimes between having team meetings, executive meetings, um, consultant meetings, uh, CFO, you know, financial meetings to go over financial statements and reporting. Like that is very important. People don't understand if you don't have your accounting stuff right and your accounting systems in place too, whether it's QuickBooks or some sort of CRM or something, you can be in a world of trouble later if you don't do it right. So um, just having those kind of meetings off and on, um, being able to uh, be a part of your organizational thing, organizational things and going to different conferences. I got to go to two conferences next week for Black Enterprise and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Atlanta Startup Week. I mean, like last week was Inc. 5000 conference and Atlanta, you know, Atlanta, uh, 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 other, you know, tech stuff, tech stars, Atlanta, like all these different things can be part of my schedule at any given time. So it's really checking email, figuring out what's on the agenda, having certain meetings, you know, talking to my COO, um, Clinton out there. So big ups to him because he's very, very valuable in what he does, who actually is, is Nigerian. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things where um, it could be a multitude of different things. And then I got to put out fires out of nowhere. So it, it's really, you wake up, man, you just hope that the world does not blow up. At the end of the day, that's really what a CEO, life of a CEO is. As long as the world didn't blow up, I did my job, period. So, Jay, Kind of, man, like I said at the beginning, you got a lot going on, brother. Like, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not mad at you, man. You're, you're, you're changing the world. Um, let me ask you, in terms of, I kind of want to want to shift gears a little bit and talk about the, the JVL brand, you okay. know, so, so you're, doing, you're doing some consulting with that. Um, talk to us a little bit about some of the other things that, that compose the JVL brand. All right, yeah. So um, on the JVL brand, something that I kind of really brought to life two years ago. Um, my uh, my frat brother actually was the one who they would help me design my logo and everything like that when I just started off, and just to kind of build uh, somebody else out in a in a in a northeast of the U.S. built the website for it. But 
Um, what I really envisioned that brand to look like was being able to help individuals out in different facets of their life, right? So right now, um, it's comprised of three components. It is um, education consulting, and that could run anywhere from educators who need training to um, people who are wanting to start tutoring companies, right? How do I consult them on building their tutoring company and their education companies from the ground up? Because to be honest with you all, those that are on this call or on this podcast, I never had a mentor. Believe it or not, I had no mentor to do any of this. I just figured it out just you know brought people on the team and that was it you know there's not many people who could mentor me in starting a successful tutoring company at all but i do encourage if you can find a mentor use mentors right i just didn't have the luxury of having one so now i become other people's mentor right so um you know doing that and also working with different trainings for school districts and stuff like that and workshops and providing those types of things are the education uh, consulting piece of that, right? The business consulting piece is also those that are small businesses or startups, those individuals who they want to um, either start a company and don't know how to launch one, you know, to those who are, are already seasoned, but they don't know how to do things like PR and stuff like that. Believe it or not, I never had a PR team. We've been featured in, in 50 plus media outlets, including now, the top four business media outlets in the world, we were able to be one of the few people in in education by straight grinding. You know what I mean? So we have no PR team. I am the PR team, right? So you have to know how to be those things, right? So training other individuals on how do you get PR for your company as a small business without having to spend money doing it, right? It's, you know, that, that dynamic of just building your company. Now, on the credit consulting side of the house, I used to work for Experian um, and also a lot of banks. So I have a lot of different um, knowledge on how do you get your credit as a millennial, you know, I'm in the eight, you know, past 800 bracket, you know, for, as far as the score. So I'm, I'm able to give knowledge and train other individuals on how do you, how do you get to the 800 credit score, you know, bracket that less than 5% of Americans period are in. Right. So, you know, I have a group on Facebook that's 1400 people that talks about um, credit and financial literacy. That is a complimentary group. Right. So, it's one of those things where, um, you know, have a, 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 you have to give this knowledge out to people, right? I have an authorized user program that's part of the credit consulting. And I also do uh, credit report consulting as well. So I do analyzing of credit reports to tell you what you should do. Now, I don't believe in credit repair. People do credit repair. That's not what I do, right? Because I believe you can do it on your own and you don't have to worry about paying nobody to do it. All you got to do is just do certain things and you'll be fine. But there's, you know, processes in place that you have to go through. To, to get that thing, you know, to get that done. But I just don't believe in the repair side. So I do certain things within all three of those facets of the J Bill brand to impact community um, and business owners uh, throughout, you know, throughout the U.S. and things like that, to things of that nature. I want to ask a little bit, because, you know, you did mention something earlier um, and it dawned on me as you said it. I was like, you're absolutely right. People don't know how to do this. Right. And it comes with the PR um, portion of things. Right. Mm-hmm. For most business owners, I don't think they even know where to begin to get some like just public love um, out of everything. I mean, most people just go start like an IG page, um, you know, maybe they'll do a YouTube channel. But then when it gets like being able to get like more brand recognition, most people just have absolutely no idea. Right. So without giving away the trade secrets. Right. Because if people want secret secrets, they they can they can. <laughs> 
they can pay you. But um, <laughs> just on the on the grander scale of things, right? Maybe like what are one or two things people should be like looking to do when they want to be able to get like some public recognition for whatever they're working on? I think one thing that uh, people can do to get to get recognition is really have a really good solid you know website first of all right a really good solid website but at the same point in time also have a really good presence like you said um, on social media as well now um just because you have some of those things doesn't always mean that you know you know forbes is going to come looking for you right or you know or business insider or essence magazine or gq or whatever are going to come looking for you you really have to have something that stands out um, that really fits some of these reporters and journalists um, brand in terms of how they're writing stories. Right. So I used to be, I didn't mention this, but I also used to be a contributing writer for black enterprise. And so um, I was a, in, on specifically education and, and credit type of topics. Right. So that helps, that helps. And you seeing from the inside, looking out, what do journalists and other individuals look for when they're looking to write different stories, but having different resources like help a reporter out Haro and um, other different platforms where you can really look at to see how you can align what you do, your business and your brand to stories that are written about from these particular platforms and journalists, you're able to, to look at that, right? Some things that you also need to have is a very tempting I guess, subject line, so to speak, uh, when you're looking at pitching individuals that are in the media and stuff like that, right? You have to have certain types of uh, processes in place to grab their attention. And I'm not saying that, you know, I'm all the, I'm the, the hundred percent know all of, I just happen to have been featured in a lot of stuff um, that also provides back back in good SEO for your organization. So when it searches for and it, and it pings back of all these different articles that you've been in and, and talks and everything else, then you get good SEO to bring traffic through to your website and your brand through those different situations. And, but people have to understand having earned media, not advertising, but earned media is very important for your business if you can get earned media without having to pay for anything and having to pay for PR and pay retainers and all that mess, it gets very expensive. You have to really work hard to have something of relevance, impact, and that stands out for earned media to come and pick you up and, uh, and, and do, you know, and, and be able to write great stories uh, about what you do. So it's an art. Uh, it takes a lot of time to, to master and to work with, but it can be done if you really take the time to just be patient um, and really work on it, and then that eventually they will they will notice you, and they will you know be able to write some good good content about what you're doing. You definitely hit that point, and I want to just be able to make sure that we can define it for people to understand the very very specific difference between earned uh, recognition versus mm-hmm. like having to pay for it, right? So no. when you say earned, we're talking like when people from like a big magazine come and say, "Hey, you're worth public publicizing about," or are we talking about just like any kind of publication saying, hey, like we want to showcase you. So earned media is is really about if a publication comes to you, right? Or you may reach out to it or a publication as well and say, hey, this is exa- this is what I'm doing. Um, this is why it's important. This is why I believe it's worth a story, right? And then th- that particular journalist or reporter may may take your information in. Uh, they may get back to you. They may not, but if they do get back get back to you to write about or to do an interview, 
you've now proved worthy of a story that needs to be done and written through your organization and you've earned it, right? You've earned it through your impact and or a product or a service that you've put out. Um, it's worthy of being recognized and utilized by the public, right? Or earned media at that point could also be, hey, you know, Forbes comes after you or Business Insider comes after you and, and requests you to say, hey, we notice you're doing X. We're doing a story on this. We would like you to submit to us uh, a story about this or submit to us uh, an interview. Or we may want to meet with you on a certain day and time for an interview so we can write a story about you. So it's kind of two-way. They may come to you. You might go to them. But if you do go to them, it's still earned. Whether or not they come to you or not, or you go to them, it's still earned because you have something to tell. You have a story to tell. You have something to put out there that the world needs to hear, the world needs to use, or the world needs to see. And it's something that they're, that they're willing to do because not only can it help elevate their brand, that they wrote a story on something that is going to blow up, right? So that brings recognition to them. But it's also something that you didn't necessarily have to shell out funds or money for or budget for because somebody had promised you. There's a lot of those people out there in PR. They'll promise you that, they, that you'll be featured in this and that but it never comes to fruition. So after you're paying a retainer of such and such amount a month and you're not getting the, 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 the level of media or PR that you're looking for, it becomes, you know, discouraging. And I think uh, you have to learn, you know, what does that look like to bring the attention to your organization over time? And then of course you just, you being the topic, of what you do, you know, that helps, right? So you being the topic, of what you do will also give you some, pub, some, some pub. So Jay, we, we've highlighted a, a lot of stuff that you have going on, man. I, I think we would be doing you a disservice if we don't talk about this next topic, which is the Black Tutors of Social Media. So Black Tutors of Social Media, what was, what was the inspiration behind that? And talk to us a little bit about how you were able to get that set up. All right, so Black Tutors of Social Media uh, was really... Uh, started at the kind of the tail part beginning of the the pandemic, if you will, the thought process behind it um, was really thought about in the beginning. So I I was like, you know, what else can be done outside of ink education uh, that can be done for students um, after the pandemic hit and students kind of went outside out of the classroom and they went, you know, to being college students overnight (laughs) from being in elementary school, middle school or high school to being college students overnight to learning and doing distance learning uh, from March until now. Um, and I thought, hmm, what would it look like for, uh, you know, these minority students who are at this point the most disadvantaged, whether or not it be through tech, right, be having access to technology, to having access to really quality educational resources or quality tutoring or education at this point to be successful in their classrooms, what else can I do, right? And so um, I thought, well, maybe, you know, Uh, students really need somebody that looks like them or to be taught by somebody who looks like them all the time, right? How do they have access to that, right? How do they have access to somebody who's brilliant, who can run them through this and walk them through the pandemic successfully, uh, and they can come out of this alive, right, academically, and be able to be successful at the end of the day? And I was like, well, maybe Black through the social media could be something that could be dope, right? Like, let me just go ahead and put it on Instagram and see what happens. And, um, you know, we had got started to get a little bit, a little bit of traction on people who were educators or those that wanted to be tutors. 
uh, during this pandemic and folks were like, oh, what is this? Or how can I, how can I be involved? Or how can I, you know, impact students and all that good stuff. And so Black Twitter, the social media on the front end was thought really to be a hybrid situation. On the front end, it was built to be an ed tech nonprofit where Black owned tutoring companies can come on one platform, uh, one central location marketplace to offer their tutoring services to students nationwide. Right, doesn't necessarily have to be black students, but although that is, you know, the, the 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 target is students of color, right? But it could be anybody offering to students a quality tutoring experience from different providers all over the United States who look like you, walk like you, talk like you, you know, learn like you, and things of that nature. For me, was going to be something that would be popular or a hit, you know, across the U.S. for the students who now need the help, right? So on the front end, it's that platform where parents, teachers, um, uh, uh, students, and the general public can come to to find those tutors everywhere, right? Um, and then on the back end of the platform of the of the organization, it's a six program nonprofit for you know free tutoring services for those who are disadvantaged families, uh, mentoring uh, programming, financial literacy programming, entrepreneurship programs, college tours and travel programs are those programs that students can be enlisted in um, as a nonprofit organization uh, that people can donate to. So if you really look at it, it's a really a community effort platform uh, and, and site to where people can come to get the tutoring that they need and they can come for nonprofit programming to get experiences in all six of those different types of programs. And it really becomes an impactful thing for the community that everybody can benefit from, whether it be parent, educator, student, you know, donor, philanthropist, whoever, you know, they can get what they need out of that. And and uh, it was covered, like you said, by Forbes and Entrepreneur, NBC and other outlets before even the launch even happened. Uh, you know, we just did a soft, soft release, if you will, not necessarily a big launch yet, but a soft release a couple of days ago to where we can start to kind of envelope people onto the platform. We can start adding tutors weekly from different states who uh, are going to be accepted into being a provider of BTSM and making things happen for these students. I love that. I love um, being able to have something of impact um, and the value to the community. Uh, to our listeners, you know what else uh, brings impact and value to the community, y'all? Listen, these t-shirts I was talking to y'all about, okay? Um, if you want to get yours at Today, Carl and I, for some reason, we both got the black one on. It never happens, but here we are. If you want to get your OTC shirt, make sure you text the word shirt to 321-384-6275 to get yours. Yes, we have the profession that you are in. Yes, we are now doing customized uh, shirts uh, for the name on the back because enough of y'all asked until we decided to say, okay, cool. Um, so that's available as well. Shirts are on the site, but just text the word shirt to 321-384-6275. Get it for yourself. Get it for your mom. Get it for your grandma. Get it for your dad. Get it for everybody else. Listen, um, what else are you going to do? I mean, you got hangers, but you ain't got no shirt to put it on. So buy the shirt and be able to shout out and represent for your profession. Get it. Text shirt to 321-384-6275. Thank you for that, Paul. Um, Jay, man. This was a blast. It really was. Um, keep doing what you're doing, brother. It's it's amazing to see. You know, it's it's inspiring to see, and so many people in the culture need it. You know, they need to to see what's possible when you dream, what's possible when you execute, and 
you know, you stay down and stay determined and, you know, like you said, protect your why, you know, or protect your mindset. So, man, let me just say thank you so much for making some time to come on here and, and, and drop some knowledge for our guests. We really appreciate it. But before we let you go, man, for anyone who is listening and this is their first time, you know, coming into contact with you, what would be some, uh, I mean, I know you're a busy man, but what would be some uh, contact information or some social media information that you would want to leave with them? Yeah, for sure. So y'all um, that are, are listening, um, you can find me on uh, on Facebook under JVL. You can also uh, find us on It's Not Complicated Education. Um, also, Black Tutors is social media on Facebook. On Instagram, it is at Inc. Inc. CEO dot the tutor. Um, also at Black Tutors of Social Media at the JVL brand. Um, and in addition to that, you can find me on LinkedIn uh, and then on Twitter. It's Black Tutors of SM as in Mary, and then also uh, Inc. Education on Twitter as well. Or you could definitely email at j.vlveal um, at inkeducationllc.com or the website inkeducationllc.com or blacktutorsofsocialmedia.com. Um, I'm really excited about the Black Tutors of Social Media platform because it's the, the nation's first. It's the nation's first platform of its kind um, when you visit the site, y'all, it just looks so crisp and clean and the directory is really, really cool. How the filters you're able to find somebody. Um, and like I said, it's, it's just starting off with, with providers. So then the national database will build as we add people weekly, but you will be able to, to search subjects that you are looking for tutoring in, uh, whether or not you want in-person or virtual, whether or not you want a male or female, whether or not you want certain grade levels, content areas, states and cities, like you'll be able to filter all of that and it'll pop up who, who will be able to provide services for you. So it's pretty dope. Say once again, man, thanks so much for hopping on. To our lovely listeners, we appreciate y'all. Thank you for rocking with us, man. If you got some value from this episode, which I'm sure you did, follow all those social media platforms that Jay, uh, Jay stated, you know, definitely reach out, let him know how much you appreciated this episode. And for us, we would love if you guys would share out this episode, subscribe, leave a review, even if it's a one-star review, that's okay. We like constructive criticism here at OTC, but <laughs> five-star review. <laughs> Five star, five star. But, but five, five star preferably. Right, right. <laughs> but, like, like Drake said, top five, top five, right? <laughs> y'all better not be leaving no one star reviews on this podcast. <laughs> Let me catch one of y'all leaving a one star review, see what happens. Nah, man, but we love y'all. We appreciate y'all. And until next time, peace. Many blessings. Thank you for listening to another episode of Off the Clock. Don't be shy to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. See you next episode.